money pouring from the sky. Let's be rich. What? The GK Vance and Sugar Dimes can't quit. What? Now pop the cork and see Nevega and get lit. What? 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 Yeah. Back again, people. Back again. Another jam-packed episode of Echoes from the Void. And, um, yeah, got good episode for you, man. We, You know what I mean? We've got, um, you know what I mean? So a little bit of news. Talk UFC. Went to see Liz Wright last week. So I'm going to break that down. Um... Afterlife, Red Sister, so those reviews coming to you, yeah, it's all fun, and um, yo, I went to see Captain Marvel, which I will talk about tomorrow in um, Echo Chamber, and trust me, tomorrow's Echo Chamber is going to be lit, for sure, it's, it's, it's going to be a long, jam-packed episode, man. So, trust me, you need to tune in. But, um, yo, I went to... Um, I've got a big Odeon cinema near me. So, I went there. And all the way through the film, there was so much noise. Like, the, the, this, these people had brought their kid... Um, who was just running up and down the stairs and screaming, literally screaming all the way through the film. It was insane. And then you had other people just talking shit all the way through. Like, and no one screen checked. No one screen checked during the entire time. And so, like, the film finished and I, I came out and... um. I was like, yo, I want to speak. I need to speak to a manager. I spoke to the manager. And um, it was crazy because, like, the manager was like, oh, yeah, a, a couple have, have spoken to me about this. And I'm like, and what are you going to do? And he's just like, well, you know, as I said to them, like, you know, there's nothing we can really do if a kid misbehaves. That's kind of down to the parents. And I'm like, son, listen, I've run a cinema. You screen check. I always, as especially, you know, a sold out screen, I would get, I'd get people to screen check every 15 minutes. You know what I mean? If it's not sold out, you screen check every half an hour. But if it's sold out every 15 minutes and that way, you know, if there are issues, people will see you in the screen and, um, you know, what I mean, uh, uh, will tell you if any shit's going down or because you're doing it so frequently, you see the shit happen, you know, but. Yeah, but the guy was just like, I'm like, yo, but no one screen checked. He was just like, oh, but we've just been really busy. I'm like, that's that's not an excuse. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not an excuse. And you need to do something about it. Like, eventually, he did compensate. But it's like I had to wring it out of him. You know what I mean? And I'm just like... This is really 
bad customer service. You know what I mean? Because obviously, he's like trying to do the corporate thing. But I'm just like, there are times when you know you fucked up and you have to offer. Obviously, you don't go into the screen and go, okay, people, you all get comp tickets. But if someone complains, you've got to comp them. Because a cinema is not a cheap thing anymore. Unless you're going on like, um, you know, view, do the deals on a Monday or you've got a few other like little offers. I think E do something. But if you do one of them, fine. You 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 get in a for a fiver or something. Otherwise, you're paying like nearly fifteen pounds. So if people fuck up your experience, there is no way that I'm letting that shit slide. You know what I mean? Like I'm paying all this money. It, I, I want a good experience. So, yeah, it was just insane the fact that, like, he didn't want to give anything at first. He was just like, oh, you know what I mean? Um, I, I can promise you that next time I'll, I'll, I'll tell the staff to do more screen checks. All right. That means nothing to me, man. I don't care about next time. I care about this time. And the cost of my pocket and my enjoyment of the film. Ugh. But yeah, finally got sorted out. So that was good. And um, yeah, you know, I got to watch. I like I was able, even though all the bullshit happening, I was still able to see the film. So yeah, that's why tomorrow you're going to get a review you know what I mean? You're going to get an honest review as we do every week. So, um, yeah. Trust me, people. Tune into Echo Chamber, okay? And um, right now, hey, it's time for the Echo from the Void podcast. So strap in, people. Strap in. So, um, I just saw in the news today that... Uh, Australia has um, sentenced a card, a, I think a former cardinal, to um, jail for abusing two boys in 1996. So I'm thinking, right, you know what I mean? This dude, he's going down. He got six years. That's three years of fiddle. That just seems crazy to me. Like, six years, you think that's not a lot of time. You know what I mean? That's not a lot. And you think about it as well. The dude's 77, right? So he can probably get out for ill health or some bullshit like that. And people never usually serve the full sentence. So he could be out in what? Three years, four years, maybe. Which is crazy. For fiddling two kids, this dude is getting virtually nothing. I mean, it hardly puts the fear into people. You know what I mean? It's just like... Prison's meant to be a deterrent. 
But if the sentence is bullshit, no, people are going to think, ah, fuck it. If I don't get off, meh, you know, I'll only get this amount of time and I'm old, so fuck it. I'll get out early. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll pretend I'm C now. I'll pretend I've got dementia. You know? It, it's just crazy. It seems crazy to me. And, like, the judge is, like, ugh. Like, so this is what the judge said. He he was like, um, Pell's abuse was particularly callous because the cleric had been in a position of power. I'm like, Abuse is abuse. You know what I mean? It's just like if it was from your neighbor or you know what I mean? It's just like particularly callous. No, abuse is abuse. It's all bullshit. There's no oh well that abuse wasn't too bad. Because you know, it was just from the postman, so you know, it could have been worse. It's just like don't um, that makes no sense whatsoever. It's just like Oh, oh well, you know, you were only abused by a lifeguard, so it could have been worse. It's just like, it just seems crazy that you could get more time for not paying your council tax. You know, you could get more time in jail for not paying your tax than you would for fiddling two kids. How insane is that? I'm telling you people. It's just like we are in some strange times right now. And people, when I say it's troubling times, I mean, there is so much hypocrisy happening in the world. It's crazy. Like, look, we've got Steven Spielberg acting like a spoiled little baby, you know what I mean, it's like, he's moaning now, and trying to campaign to get films made by, like, Netflix and Amazon that debut on a streaming platform, not to be legible for an Oscar, or illegible, or, you know, they're not up for We'll just say that. Words. Who needs them, eh? But it's just like, listen. Why are you trying to, you know what I mean, put barriers up? A film is a film, essentially. Whether it's in the cinema or if it's not in the cinema. You know? Because, like, are you worried about the competition? Because, you know what? If you felt that your films are such a high standard and are so great, you wouldn't care, would you? You know what I mean? Like, who would give a damn about the competition if they were that confident in their product? You know, when I'm at my job and I'm doing my thing, if I'm writing a campaign, if I'm writing an article, you know what I mean, something like that, I know the work I'm doing, so it, you know what I mean, I have no hesitation, I have no fear about presenting my work, you know, because I know how good it is, so 
I don't understand the whole, oh, you know, we should ban Netflix stuff, we should ban Amazon stuff, you know what I mean? It's like, a film is a film, and it seems weird to try and, you know, get people to to, to grab their pitchforks and friggin' march against it, because, like, we have definitely seen a rise in quality in the Netflix films, you know what I mean, we've, we've definitely seen that, but this is the thing, right, even the ones that I've seen and I didn't like, there are other people that like those things, so I think what the streaming platforms have done is just let more people enjoy content, because it's just like, you know, with a lot of studios shutting and other studios merging, we were seeing a, a kind of a restriction in the types of films that were being made and being, like, shown to a wide audience. Now, like, if you go to festivals and things like that, you'll see smaller films that are great. But they don't have distribution deals. Like I saw a few things at the London Film Festival that didn't have distribution deals. Like I saw, you know, um, a film called Lady World that was really good. No distribution deal. I saw a great documentary called United Skates. It was fantastic. No distribution deal. So... Where, with a streaming platform, it is giving those properties an audience, you know, and it's allowing us to see a larger variety of things, because we're not going to see those from the big studios, and if even if a little studio made something interesting like that, something diverse, it's oftentimes only playing on a really small amount of films and those films on certain days so you you know what I mean it it kind of means that you're you're trying to hunt out things that just aren't in your area so yeah it's it's very weird this kind of backlash against streamers and the films they make <sighs> it just yeah, it's hypocritical, man. Because like these directors as well, they're they're kicking up a fuss, but hey, they don't have to struggle. You know what I mean they can make films, they can do whatever they want because they've got huge names. But what about the up and coming directors? What about those cats? What about the up and coming writers? You know, you, you really want to kind of shut the door on them? not give them an opportunity to shine, fuck those people, right, fucking Spielberg, fake motherfucker, yeah, and, you know, the other bit of hypocrisy, that just, uh, it just, why, it just irritates the fuck out of me, I ain't gonna lie, right, so, there was that Leaving Neverland documentary that aired, um, I mean, probably last week or 
recently, let's say recently, because I don't know, I didn't bother watching it, because, like, you know, I don't, I've never even liked Michael Jackson's music, you know what I mean, but people do, so I don't give a fuck, but see, this is the thing, right, so since that documentary aired, we now have, like, people going, oh, I'm pulling the collaborations I did with Michael Jackson, you know what I mean, you've got like the Simpsons going, oh, we're no, we're no longer gonna air the Michael Jackson episodes, and it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, because you watched a, a documentary, a documentary, so it wasn't like the police brought new evidence, it was a documentary, said things that everyone knew, it's not like no one, everyone knew this shit, like growing up, you remembered the news, like there was always these rumours going around, like pictures of him holding hands with little kids, he built a fucking theme park in his garden, like, Jackson was a weird dude, it was like, when he had the kids, he had his own kids, like, the, you know, the woman who had the kids was just like, yeah, we didn't have sex, I was artificially inseminated, you know, so you always knew there was weird shit going on, there were the allegations that came out, and then people were paid off, and, and stuff like that, so it's not like th- this wasn't known, but now, because a new documentary is, people are gonna try and act like, oh my god, I'm so shocked, oh, I can't believe it, well, I can't support Michael Jackson anymore, I'm pulling the music, oh, look at me, how great am I, fuck you, you fucking weird motherfucker, because it's just like, look, you didn't say anything before this, you know what I mean, you'd heard all the shit years ago, but you didn't say anything then, but now, all of a sudden, you your your conscience is telling you to make this fake stand. Is bullshit, you know? But look, if you were that concerned, you'd you'd have you know stopped playing his music. You would have, you know, what I mean, stopped doing anything with him a long time ago. So it's just so weird, so weird to me, you know, it, it, yeah, it's like people are so fickle, they, it, it's, it's living that Instagram life, you know what I mean, because it, it's cool to come out, also, you could just do it, if you were really up, you know what I mean, upset, just do it, but everyone's making these statements, well, I, I just want everyone to know that, um, yeah, the collaborations I made with my, I'm no longer going to perform them, I'm not releasing them on future albums, um, yeah, it's not, like, you don't have to say it, you don't have to make a fucking public announcement, just do it, you attention-seeking whores, 
It's just insane. Because everyone needs a spotlight. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if there's no spotlight, they don't want to say anything. It, it, people are so fucking fake, man. Ugh, it just really, it sickens me, man. You know what I mean? It just sickens me. Because no real evidence was brought up, right? So this is what, from everyone I've spoken to that watched this thing, it was just like, yeah, it just talked about the, the stuff that has already been talked about so many times. So it's just like, what, so what? what's everyone doing? Why is everyone, you know, suddenly they've got an issue? Because if you didn't realise Michael Jackson was an odd motherfucker, then you have problems. You have severe problems. And think about it as well. All the parents knew. So they were sending their kids in to his place hoping that, you know what I mean, their little kid was going to get diddled. They just wanted their kid to get diddled so they could make some sort of claim and make some money. Is it, you know what I mean? Because that's what people do. I remember reading about um, Bob Marley and the fact that, like, women would, like, wait outside he, his, like, big place in Jamaica, hoping that he would, like, see one of them, invite them in, have, you know what I mean, have a little tryst, get them pregnant, so then he would financially support them for the rest of their lives. It's like people do this fucked up shit. And then they want to claim to be victims. People are fucking fake. Fucking weirdos. So I figured I'd try something different tonight. I went to see Liz Wright at the Queen Elizabeth Hall. That's just by the South Bank Centre, if you don't know. Um... Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about her, but um, I just figured, why not? Let me check it out. Uh, so, what the website says is, Smoothly does it at a performance by American jazz and gospel vocalist Liz Wright, who brings brilliant colour and vibrancy to original works and classics. Since the release of breakout debut album Salt in 2003, Wright has acted as a steward of American music. She uses the power of her smooth, dark, auto-possessed of qualities you might associate with barrel-aged bourbon or butter-soft leather. Um... As a soaring reflection of the country's cultural fabric, the Georgia-born singer has released six critically acclaimed albums to date. The latest grace honours her birthplace, revealing the roots of story and song that bind together the diverse traditions at the heart of American South. The album features rights unforgettable, Interpretations of music by artists including 
Ray Charles, Nina Simone, and Bob Dylan. It was, it was, she has a really interesting voice. You know, it it reminded me of a kind of a a mix of Michelle Nordicella and Jill Scott. And actually a bit of Jaguar Wright as well. It it really just, like, I I wouldn't say she was any of them individually, but kind of a blend but yeah it was just a great voice that just resonated you could just feel it the vibration of it as as she kind of brought the songs to life it was yeah it was really nice like and i haven't really seen many gospel singers like you know what i mean like i've seen sounds of blackness um I've seen Mary Mary back in the day. But, um, yeah, not. There was someone else with, um, Paul Young, a South African group, and the name has escaped me. But, uh, yeah, so it, it was interesting. Like, at first, you know, she started off with a few kind of. God-fearing songs, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, it's alright, it's not too bad, alright, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can still uh, get down with this. But then she went into some other kind of jazz-based stuff and and things like that, and um, yeah, it was. I think it was like the cadence, like you know, I mean, the flow of the song. And you think it's going to kind of go one way. But then she kind of just brings it right down. Kind of elongates the sound. And kind of rolls with it. And so, yeah. That, I, I, I like that. It was, it was nice. And um, I'm terrible with names. But, like, I think there was a song called Grace... Um, and another song called Freedom that were just really just great songs, man. Just you know, um, and then there was a few that I think like a lot of the stuff of her her last album, yeah, like um, from the Grace album, a, a lot of that that she played, and uh, that was very good. You know, it was one of those ones where you think, "Oh, I might go get that album now." You know, because it, yeah, it it just had a kind of a good feel to it. You know, you you could definitely have that kind of playing in the background. You know, it, it, like put it on if you're just trying to chill. Yeah, it, it was it was one of those, and the Queen Elizabeth Hall is is just. It's just got a good acoustics. So it was a really nice venue for something like this, you know. But, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think, man, I think she was played, she played for about, I don't know, like an hour and a half. I think it must have been about an hour and a half, something like that. Maybe two hours. No, actually, I think probably two hours. But, yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was just a packed, packed man. Just song, 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 song. She's a little bit of talk 
in between sometimes that was kind of rambling. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, she was all over the place with the talk. <laughs> but um, w when it came to the singing, she had that down for sure. Um, and I would say, listen, yeah, if if you're if, if you if you're into jazz, if you're into gospel, you know, and and she's playing anywhere near you, hey, I would definitely say go check her out because um, yeah, it, it's it's just got had a, just a nice feel to it all, you know. You just it it, it did kind of lift your spirits. And that's always a, a a reason to go out, right? You know, it, it's all about, you know, just kind of changing the timbre of the day. You know, sometimes the day's just been a bit like, ugh. And, and you go thinking, all right, this will cheer me up or, you know, this will turn things around. And um, this was one of those gigs. This was definitely one of those gigs that kind of just picked things up made you smile so that was good man so yeah it was um liz wright um yeah her last album was called grace and um i would say she's um definitely worth seeing if you're a, a jazz enthusiast or if you like some gospel vocals so yeah check her out people um cool all right on to the next one <laughs> hey so um you know it every weekend in friggin march has got a ufc event which is all good if you ask me and saturday the 9th was no different so it was UFC um, Fight Night 146 from Wichita. Um, there were some okay fights. There were some okay fights. Like on so on the prelims, um, like some of the notable ones, like Alex Morano against Zach Otto, because Zach Otto. Was talking a, a lot of shit before this fight, and he'd asked for this fight like several times. You know, several times it never happened, and he kept on asking for it. But the weird thing was, Morano was lower in the rankings than Otto. You know, and and, and like. But like Otto was saying, you know what I mean? That Murano is nothing on him and he'll smack him up and blah, blah, blah. And it's a bit like, so it was just weird going in because you're like, look, if this person is so below you, why do you want to fight them? Because you winning this fight does nothing for your career. It's not like you've just defeated, like, um, I don't know. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you know, it, it like def a, a, a win over someone like that, yo, that puts you in title contention, you know what I mean, but this does nothing, it doesn't do anything, because this dude is below you in the rankings, so, um, yeah, it was, so it was a weird fight for Octo to one, 
And it really didn't go Rotto's way either because he got sparked. Like it, it started off. Um, I think Morano was, was needed to find his range, um, and it maybe took him a, a minute to warm up. But once he'd kind of warmed up, once he got his range and everything like that, yo, he he was just. You mean stepping away, moving, just like, man, Otto didn't have a chance. And then he just knocked him out. So to get knocked out by someone that you were calling out, to get knocked out by someone who was below you, it was just crazy. It, it was just a crazy situation. Another good fight on the prelims. Was um, Louis Smoker against Matt Schnell. Um, and like because Smoker is good on the ground. You know. He, he's, he's got good scrambles. He's always moving. But Schnell. Yo Schnell snunk in the submission man. And, and, and won. And so it was kind of crazy. It, it, you know what I mean. It was kind of crazy that. It, it seemed that Schnell was the more dominant on the ground. Because once they got there, it, it's it's like he was able to kind of, you know, I think, put his will on Schmolker, you know. And when he got the rear naked, it, it didn't seem like Schmolker had any way of getting out, you know. So, yeah, it, it was a, a good win for Schnell. Um, you also had Marion Renu against Yana Kutsungaya. Um This went to a decision. And it went to Kutsunskaya. And I have to say, I thought Renault won it. Like, it was close, but I thought Renault just pipped it. I thought Yana definitely took the first round. But then I thought Renault snuck the second one. And then won the third. Clearly won the third. But yeah. It, it, like some judges gave all three rounds to Yana. Which I thought was. Yeah crazy. But yeah. That that was. So yeah that was a, a, a funny decision for me. Then the final fight in the prelims was. Anthony Rocco Martin against Sergio Morais. Who. Is a monster on the ground, especially. Um, but Rocco was just dominant. He was dominant in this fight. He he held Morice off, just kept him at range, and just picked him apart from range. Like Morice would like try and rush in, but yeah, Rocco was always a couple of steps ahead. And easily won that fight. You know, like, it was easy. But he wasn't even, like, Martin wasn't even throwing, like, hard shots. He was just peppering him. Just, it was like, you know, sometimes when the Diaz brothers, they just throw those, like, really light shots. Yeah, it, it was it was just crazy. It, it was crazy how easy it was for him. Um, so then we got to the main card, 
um and on the main card like the first re- like the first fight yeah it was all right but it wasn't amazing but then the next you had Benal Dar- Dariush against Drew Dober oh my god that was a crazy fight because yo so Dober was like a dynamite in the first round landed some serious shots on Dariush like put him on his ass and there was a moment where you thought that you know what I mean Dober could win by TKO you know what I mean he was landing some good shots he was getting in some ground and pound um but Dariush survived the first round and then in the second round, like, he he got a takedown, and then it just seemed all Dariush, you know, he um, tried to take the back, it was a bit high, but then he sunk in a, um, an arm, an armbar, and it, it, like, it looked like it was slightly off, you know, but, I think it was just the tweak, like the weird angle he had on the arm, just had Doba tapping. So it was just, oh man, it was a crazy fight for as long as it lasted. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. You then had um, Balgo Ivanov against Ben Rothwell. And Ivanov won the decision. Which was kind of crazy because, hey, I, I'm not going to lie. I had Rothwell winning. I had Rothwell, yeah, winning that fight. But it was like the Renew fight. Um, like, they were all, both very close. So even though you think, eh, the other person won it, it wasn't a complete robbery. You know what I mean? So you're just like, eh, okay, fine. Um, the next fight, oh my gosh, it was insane. Tim Means against Nico Price. And, oh my, this was such a crazy-ass fight. Like, only went one round, but what a round. Like, they were landing shots on each other. You know what I mean? Proper crazy hard shots. And, um... Like, it looked like Means was, like, taking the fight. You know what I mean? It, because Means seemed to have the more technical shots. You know, he, he had some good angles that he was hitting Price with. But every time Price hit Means, it seemed to hurt him more, you know? And it was getting close to the end of the round. Means went forward to um, land a combination. Price uh, kind of ducked one of the punches and just came, landed just a killer hook. And Means went down. Price swarmed him with the hammer fists. And um, yeah. Referee jumped in and stopped it. So that was a crazy, 
crazy fight for sure. Uh, then you had the co-main event. And it wasn't really a fight. It just wasn't really a fight. So it was a bit of a shame. Because you kind of wish that the means price fight was the co-main event. Because so you had Elias um, Zakaleki Dos Santos against Curtis Melinda. And so the the thing with this fight was so Dos Santos took Melinda down and just basically owned him on the ground. Owned him on the ground, sunk in a rear naked. It was all done. It was all done. Because Melinda had nothing. Had nothing. It just like he did not seem to know what he was doing. And so the weird thing is because in Melinda's last fight, he was there was a point where he was taken down and he seemed lost. So he managed to survive. It went to the next round on the feet. He 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 won it. But when he was asked after the fight, it was just like, "Oh, you you right? Seem to have problems on the ground. So w- was it your intention to keep it standing?" He was just like, "Oh, you know what? I've been working on the ground. I I just had a brain freeze. I just didn't know what to do in that moment. But I'm I'm working my ground game. I'm." good on the ground, you know what I mean, I keep him working the ground, blah, 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 it's just like, obviously, he is full of shit, because, like, he had nothing, nothing, and it's not even, like, he, he seemed to throw anything up in a way that you kind of think, because, look, Trust me, when it comes to jitsu, man, it's just like sometimes you have a great session, you know what I mean? You're rolling and everything comes together. But even in the sessions where things don't come together, there are moves that you have drilled so many times that, you know what I mean, you're able to throw up something. You're able, because it's all muscle, it becomes muscle memory, you know? And it didn't look like he had any muscle memory. So you wonder, does he actually drill the ground? You know? But because he likes knocking people out. So it just seems like, oh, he likes to hit. So he's comfortable on the feet. And people only seem to train where they're comfortable. A lot of people don't want to be, they don't want to feel like they're being the nail. You know what I mean? And it's just like, look, you've got to practice certain things. You have to feel uncomfortable. You have to start in compromised positions. But yeah, some people don't want to train like that. And then they get, they get found out, you know? They they they, they get shown that, Hey, this person has issues. So then, so now going forward, everyone is going to try and take Melinda down. That's going to be the thing. They're going to try and take him down and control him on the ground. Because he has nothing. So if I was him, I'd take a little time out. You know what I mean? I wouldn't book a fight real soon. I'd take a little time out and I would work on my ground defense. 
you read. Have people start on your back. Have people with their hooks in and arm under the chin. That's what how he needs to train. He needs to work on when you're in this situation. How do you get out? And he needs to be in that situation after doing like some hard sparring. So do like, I don't know, what, five five-minute rounds with a fresh opponent each round and then hit the mats and do some jujitsu. Because you want to do it when you're tired as fuck. Because that's when it probably is going to happen in a fight. When you're tired, you get taken down and someone tries to control you. So it's like, how is your body going to react in those situations? But I don't know, man. I don't know. Like some people, as I said, look, they don't want to, they don't like practicing like that. So it's going to be interesting because if Millinder can work on his ground game, he could be a contender for sure. But hey, we'll see going forward. Ain't that's going to be the thing. And then the main event, Derek the Black Beast. Lewis against Junior Chicano dos Santos. Um, this wasn't a bad fight. It wasn't a bad fight, but I have to say, it didn't look like Lewis was ever fully in it. You know, I think dos Santos pretty much controlled the rounds. Like it oh it went two rounds. Um and like Lewis, you know, he was throwing in the first round. He was throwing kicks as well, you know, which is always crazy seeing him throw like a high kick. Sometimes like a jumping kick as well. Like a jumping switch kick. And you're like, fuck. Derek Lewis throwing that kick is insane. But the thing is, like the kicks were never of a, of a worry to De Santos. You know, I mean, you 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 never thought one of those kicks was actually gonna land flush. And he was throwing like a bit a big overhand, but it was never really at a point where it was going to touch De Santos. Uh, but the Saunders was landing good punches. You know, I mean? he, his jab was good, and he he kept on landing to the body, kept on landing to the body, and and I think it was that that really kind of set the tone of the fight. Because it then got to the second round, um, and the Santos landed like a spinning back kick. The um hit Lewis in the stomach and gosh it, it you know what I mean like the like Lewis was just compromised straight straight away compromise the Santos went went in cautiously which was good because like it looked you'd think, oh, was Lewis playing like a rope dope Because as soon as De Santos got, looked like he was getting close, Lewis suddenly sprung forward with a big overhand. 
but the Santos just kind of stepped aside. And then he was just peppering Lewis, peppering like at range, just some long punches, peppering him, like landing body punches, and then like just landed a good, like good jab. Lewis was kind of all over the place. He went down and then Dos Santos just hit him, just kept on hitting him. Like, took his back, just, ra- like, landed, ground and pound. Referee stopped it. But it kind of seemed that Lewis kind of gave up, you know? It, it just, like, <sighs> yeah, it, it's weird sometimes. There's been a few fights where Lewis just, <sighs> I don't know, it, it, it's like it, he kind of throws a towel in, you know, you can kind of see by his body language that I've I've had enough now, like, it happened against Mark Hunt, Um, yeah, it's happened a few times, like, he'll always keep on throwing, like, the big overhand, and if it catches someone, hey, he, he might pull something off, like he did against Volkov, but that was pretty fluky, pretty lucky. But the the rest of the time, it's like, look, if you land enough big punches, he is happy to just lay there so the referee will, will call it. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's a weird situation. That, you know, because it, it's kind of one of those ones where if, you know, I think... They hadn't offered him the fight against Cormier last year. He would never really get to a situation where he gets a, a title shot. Because it's like, they, I mean, there's too many problems with Lewis's game for him to actually be a contender. So, I don't know. I do not know where he goes from here. But Dos Santos... You know, I, I, he, he wants a title shot, but I think the, the most logical thing is Cormier is injured, so the most logical fight really is Ungano. You know, yeah. So I, I, I think we could be seeing that fight, and maybe Lewis against um, Velasquez. You know, that could be a fight. So um, yeah. I don't know, but this Saturday coming, the 16th, is a UFC from the O2 Arena, so um, Tilby Maskeval, so yeah, looking forward to that people, so um, next week we will be breaking that down, exciting huh? So this week I um I took a break from catastrophe and I thought I would check out the new Ricky the new Ricky Gervais um series on Netflix which is called Afterlife. Um so it's written and directed by Gervais and it's starring um, Gervais, Penelope Wilton, David Bradley, Ashley Jansen, uh, 
Tom Basden, Tony Way, Joe Wilkinson, Mandeep Dillon, Joe Hartley, David Earl, Kerry Goodleman, and a few others. And um, basically, the, the, the story is this. So, Afterlife follows Tony, who has a perfect life before his wife dies from a battle with breast cancer. After contemplating suicide, he then decides to live long enough to punish the world for his wife's death by literally saying and doing whatever he wants to. Although he thinks of it as sort of a superpower, the situation turns tricky when everyone around him starts trying to make him a better person again. So this is six episodes. They're all about half an hour, which is, you know, the um, kind of the, 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 the usual formula for a Gervais show. Um... And a lot of English stuff. And, you know, it works. Because things don't outlast their welcome, you know. They, 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 it's like the quality is maintained because there's no room for filler. And, um, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what this was. You know, I've like, I'd heard things... Like, a w- ages ago. But I'd forgotten. So, there there was one bit where, like, in that description, you know, he kind of meant, it mentions that he's he's viewing things as a superpower. I, for some reason, I did think that this was a series where he has this superpower. And he speaks to ghosts and all things like that. No, no, that's not what this is at all. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's interesting because so they're they're framing it around kind of I think basically most episodes start with him watching an old video, so there's like old videos that he kind of shot with his wife, you know, just like him pulling a joke on her or yeah mainly him pulling a joke on her and then there's these other videos that she recorded from hospital kind of just to try and help him keep going like reminding him of who he is you know what I mean like why she fell in love with him you know the, the the reasons why he's he you know he's the person that she loved and and for going on so you know that that's the kind of framing device then we go into the episode so yeah i'm i'm watching it and i'm thinking yeah this i mean this is all right it's it's okay you know because ink wait like if you if you pr- push everything else aside Gervais can write you know what I mean? He's a good writer. You look at The Office, you look at Extras. They were all very well. Cemetery Junction, which I, I love that film. It's a great little film. If you haven't seen it, people, go go, go check out Cemetery Junction. But, yeah, that like, you know, he can write. And he can write 
just the mundane interactions between people, you know, like, he, he manages to get the tone right, you know, where it can be biting, but there's sometimes a bit of humour there, and it's all, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's just nothing, it's a bit banal, but, yeah, it just, you know, it's everyday life, so, this is, you you have this and I'm thinking I'm thinking okay yeah I I get it this is fine but why does this exist you know I and mean, this is what I I started to think to myself like why what is the purpose of this show I'm not sure I don't quite get it and yeah, I'm, I was scratching my head. I, I, I think it was around, I don't know, maybe the start of episode three. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I'm not sure what, why I'm bothering with this. It's not terrible, but I, I, I don't see the draw yet. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, I notice that I'm laughing. Like, I'm laughing quite a bit during certain episodes and it's not like that you know what I mean it's not slapstick it's not these overt jokes you know what I mean these overt jokes this 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 superimposed humor it's nothing like that but I'm I'm finding that yeah, it is some of the interactions and some of the, the just the kind of circumstance is funny, and then you kind of see the nuances of the show. You know, I think it's just a reminder that that pain is is there, but there's there's these people that are around you. That are your um, your scaffolding, as it were. You know, and they try. They hold you up. They 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 um they serve to kind of give you that lifeline. They're the they are basically the lighthouse that you need, so you don't get lost in the world. You know, you don't get lost in the world, and you don't get lost in yourself. Because there are these genuinely nice, caring people that, you know, have your well-being at heart. And I think that's one of the things that, you, you know, you start to, starts to come to the surface here. Now, there are some things that were a little on the nose. Like, there was this bit with, um the sex worker, the prostitute, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a moment in there, you know, she's just kind of got the keys to his house, and he's come back, and, you know, she's just tidied up for him, um, I don't think that's a spoiler, I think you're fine, uh, and, you know, she then says some stuff to him, 
And yes, you know, it is, it is, you know, she does say things that kind of work within that situation, but they do seem a little bit forced. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's not quite a uh, a conversation, but it's more of a, a, a speech, a statement that is being said. So it, you know what I mean. So it's just like, mm, well, yeah, but I can, you know what I mean. I see why it's there. I see why it's there. Then there's another bit when he's in. Um, his brother-in-law's office at the paper, and he's, you know, he, he then has an, kind of an epiphany, a, a realisation, and he kind of voices that, and it, it was a bit, yeah, it was one of those moments, it was like, you know, at the end of um, Extras, when he's in the Big Brother house and he realizes that he's um you know neglected his friend who is Ashley Jensen actually and he's neglected his friend to try and hang out with these banal famous people who aren't even really famous and it's just like what am I doing? And but that moment was perfect because it really fits and and you know but that this it it fit but it was again it was a little on the nose when he's voicing the um the fault out loud to you know to matt but you know i, I think there's you know there's not many of these moments as i say look just those are just the two that i could think of i honestly don't think there were many more, you know, at the most, maybe there was another two, but I'm not even sure there was that, so it's not like it's full of these moments, usually, when things are being said, it, it works, you know what I mean, it was well written, so it works within this situation, like, there was a moment when Sandy says to him that, you know, she's just voicing concern, she's just like, look, I really want you to be happy, you know, I, I, I love the fact that you loved your wife, and I, I just can't wait for the day for someone to love me in that way, but you just need to be happy, I'm, I'm worried for you, and, you know, like, that could be preachy, that could be superimposed, that could be a statement, but it wasn't, it worked, it worked within that, that moment of the programme, so, yeah, for the most part, everything does work, you know, there's a lot of, um, conversations with, um, oh, God, let me try and think of the guy's name, I think it was Julian, the 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 um the drug addict. Yeah. It's like there was conversations with him. And 
you know, they kind of work, because it's just, like, two people that have, have, you know what I mean, they both suffered loss, and he's just like, I can't believe we have a load in common, and he's just like, but we don't, I don't get it, you know what I mean, I've given up, you haven't, and, you know, even though Tony believes he's given up, there are all these things that are still keeping him anchored, like his dog, like the memories, and like the friends that are around him, like, you know what I mean, he, he's teasing them, and there's this gruff exterior, but you can see the friendship bonds, so even though he's low and he's sad and he can't seem to see an out, you know, a way of holding on, he still hasn't given up. So he's having this conversation and, it, it, you know, he's thinking that they're both very similar, they're both in the same situation, but then you understand that there's levels to everything. You know what I mean? It's something, I guess, that um, DC says a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, there's levels to this game. And, and it's true. It's, it's That's not just with fighting. It, it's just with life. You know what I mean? There's levels. There's levels to misery. There's levels to happiness. There's just levels to everything that we do. And, um, yeah, so that's all kind of intertwined throughout. And, you know, there's just these nice moments. There's these really nice moments. Like, you know, Sandy wanting to find the story. You know, that was just nice. You know what I mean? Because she sees that this guy really, he just wants this thing. You know, he just wants this thing. It will, it will you know, make him, and she, like, after hearing everything, she understands, so she just wants to try and find a story, she wants to find the angle, and that's just a nice moment, like, some of their interactions, like, going shopping, the date, you know, there's these nice, funny, just human moments, you know, like, one of the, the, one of the things that just had me in hysterics was, um, when he's walking past the school, and he sees his nephew, um, yeah, I think that would be his nephew, his brother-in-law's son, or is it cousin, no, that's not your cousin, is it? I don't know, I never get this shit right, but yeah, he sees a little kid in the schoolyard, says hello, and the kid says hello back, then this other kid shouts out, pedo, and then he's just like, wait, what, and the kid comes to go, and goes, yeah, you're a pedo, and he says like, well, I'm not, but if I was, you'd be safe, you tubby little ginger cunt, hilarious, you know what I mean? That's just funny, man. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of these little funny cutting moments 
that um just work man just work like the moments in the graveyard yeah this it is so this is a funny thing you know i like i started off thinking okay this is okay then i'm a bit like i don't know why this is here and then i'm just in it i'm just in it man you know what i mean it's just like you 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 get connected you are invested you know you want you want the happiness to be found or you know not even necessarily found but you want the journey to start you know what I mean and, and, and so that's the thing that holds you to the series it's the thing that makes you stick around and watch all the episodes it's what makes you kind of root for Tony you know what I mean like at the beginning I wasn't quite sure the need of Sandy or is it Cindy Sandy Cindy whatever the girl um Mandeep Dillon's character who she's great I've, I've, I've enjoyed her in like all the things she's cropped up in you know what I mean but um yeah I was a bit like oh why do we need this character? What's the need? But then you understand why that character is there. You know what I mean? And, and it works. It's it's just a nice little way of showing the flip of a situation. So, hey, I would definitely say, check out Afterlife. You know, it's it, but you can't compare it to the other shows. You can't compare it to um the office you can't compare it to extras you can't even compare it to cemetery junction i'd never watched Derek, so i have no clue about that one but um yeah it's 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 a nice show that definitely has this this commentary to it that is kind of keyed into a lot of stuff that we go through, you know, it, it it kind of understands pain and suffering and loss, but also the need to continue, the need to persevere, the need to understand that, you know, life is made up of so many other things, and that, you know, the people around us are a benefit so um yeah look it's only six episodes and they they're not long it's like i don't know 25 minutes half an hour so it's not long and yeah it's amusing so if you um if you liked the other things gervais has done i don't think you will be disappointed with this you know, if you like thing, I think it also, if you like things like the thick of it, um, you know, stuff like that, I, th I think you'll like this, so yeah, that's Afterlife, it's on Netflix, it came out on Friday, the 8th of March, so um, yeah, give it a whirl, I don't think you'll be disappointed, okay, so, I've 
just read the new book by Mark Lawrence. Um, this is the first of a trilogy, um, which is to be known as the Book of the Ancestor. Um, yes, yeah, so this was called Red Sister and narrated by Helen Duff, who did a great job. Uh, so the, the gist of things was, I was born for killing, the gods made me to ruin. At the convent of sweet mercy, young girls are raised to be killers. In a few, the old bloods show, gifting talents rarely seen since the tribes beached their ships on Abeth. Sweet mercy hones its novices' skills to deadly effect. It takes ten years to educate a red sister in the ways of blood and fist. But even the mistresses of sword and shadow don't truly understand what they have purchased when Nonna Grey is brought to their halls as a blood-stained child of eight, falsely accused of murder, guilty of worse. Stolen from the shadow of the noose, Nonna is sought by powerful enemies and for good reason. Despite the security and isolation of the convent, her secret and violent past will find her out beneath a dying sun that shines upon a crumbling empire. Nonna Grey must come to terms with her demons and learn to become a deadly assassin if she is to survive so i'm a bit i've been a big fan of mark lawrence for a while you know I've, i first came across him with his broken empire trilogy and um yeah then there was the red queen wars which was another great trilogy so when i heard he had this new um trilogy coming yo i was crazy happy for that just really looking forward to it uh, and I don't like I don't really know what I was expecting but for some reason I was expecting something different to what you were given with this red sister you know um yeah but I, I can't put my finger on exactly what I thought I was going to be, you know what I mean, reading, listening to, but, hey, that's not to say that I was disappointed at all, because this is such a well-crafted book, man, ah, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, because it's, the way the story is told, you're kind of getting, um, I'd probably say like three different timelines and, and the way it's woven together it's just done in you know it's so genius like because you know it starts off in a way that you kind of understand okay so we know who is surviving to get to this point but then it's like, how do they get there? You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. And I'd also say, you. I think it's pretty clear where some of the betrayal come, is coming from. 
you know what I mean, so, yeah, you, you kind of work out, okay, right, I know this person isn't someone that's gonna be trustworthy, but then it's, it's a case of, like, all right, so how does it happen, like, where does it come from, so you're kind of looking for that, but, yeah, this whole tale of, 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 of no, no, it, it's, it's more of, like, of friendship, really, so that's one of the biggest themes kind of going through the book, like, friendship, you know, like, who can she trust in there, but then it's also, like, I think it's an understanding of who you are, and, you know, I mean, what the world is, because there's one point when this girl says, hey, Nana, we're friends, and she's like, oh, I've got one friend, ah, oh, this is great, I've got one friend, um, and then she has this other interaction with one of the other girls a bit later on, and the girl does this thing, and she's just like, why did you do that, and she's like, because we're friends, stupid, look, just because someone doesn't say it, doesn't mean it's not true, and that seemed to kind of rock her world, she was just like, whoa, what, wait, what, yeah, and you, and you see the, the questioning of this, like, the, oh, I didn't understand that, which is great, it was, look, it was done so well, because it's just like, in her world, like, there's, there, there was no nuance, you know what I mean, you're, you're this or you're that, so if someone says they're your friend, then they're your friend, because no one else, like, you know, all the other people she'd come across, they weren't her friends, so there was no, oh, they haven't said it, but maybe they are, it was just like, look, these people haven't said it, and these people don't like me, that's, it's as clear cut as that, so then she's kind of realising, okay, so people don't have to say they're your friend, but it, it, so it's more an action thing, it's a more way, you know what I mean, people are, so I need to look at this as well, and so you see that, and how that shapes her going forward as well in this story, which was just, it's so well done, which is, you know, like, really good, you know, there's this other interaction with one of the teachers, and it's just like, you know what I mean, she thinks that she can trust this teacher, and then the teacher does this thing, and it's just like, oh, now, the, oh, I thought the teacher liked me, and then the teacher has to explain to her, and you're like, look, that's not a case of me not liking you, we're training you here, so you need to understand, and I'm trying to show you as well, you know I mean, people might say one thing, it doesn't mean that's what they really mean, that doesn't really mean, ref, always reflect their true nature, so we, we see Nana go through this whole evolution, this growth, this understanding, this learning, and it really gives you an interesting story, you know, we have things become clearer and clearer, you know, we're told one thing, a, a re, you know, a recap of events, 
And then you're like, okay, so that all didn't actually happen. Okay, then we hear the story again. And it's like, okay, so, right, so this really, and then it's just like, no. So it, it's like all these layers, of the, you know, it's like an onion being peeled, being shown. And each moment, each, like, new iteration is rawer and harder than the one before. And all of this is, is is building and showing who Nonna is, how she got to where she is, you know what I mean? And, and so you, this story is getting built. So even though, as I said, look, it starts off in the future. So even though we understand, okay, so we believe that these people must live. So even though there's that realisation, that understanding, what we are shown and the way it happens, uh, it just makes for such an interesting, such an interesting read. All the, you know, revelations that are building, all the things that are happening, you know, this this realisation as well that, they look, just because people do certain things in a certain way, it doesn't mean that we have to do the things in that way. You know, we all have a different path. We all have a different relationship to our surroundings. So you have to find what works for you. So there's that. And just the way the book ends, oh my god, the way the book ends, you're like, <gasps> what? Oh, I need the next book now. Oh, it's a great ending. And you, you're just left with like, but how? How can, like, you can't try, but what about... Is that person gonna, ah, what is happening here? So yeah, listen, I highly recommend this book. It's great. Look, if if you're a fan of Mark Lawrence's other work, you know, um, the, the Prince of Fawns, you know, from the Broken Empire, um, the Prince of Fools from the Red Queen's War. If you're a fan of these stories, if you, I'd say, look, if you're a fan of um, Joe Abercrombie's books, you know, if you're a fan of anything similar to these, you will thoroughly enjoy Red Sister. So, go out, buy the book, pick up the audio get the kindle doesn't matter but just get the book because you will love it trust me okay people so um yeah we've hit that time again and um gonna hit you with some film news so um well tv news not film news that's tomorrow all right so first of all um, hey, so, um, they're making a Time Bandits TV series. Um, I, d- I never really liked the film, to be honest. But the interesting thing is, Tahiki Watiti, um, I don't know if I pronounced that right. But, 
you know, everyone knows the filmmaker. He he did for Ragnarok, Hunt for the Will of People, um, like uh, What We Do in the Shadows. You know, he's made some great films. Um, well, he is writing and directing the pilot. So that makes it a little bit more interesting because, you know what I mean? It's like everything he touches is great. So, um, you know, who, who, who knows how this will um, be? It's, um, and, I be- and it looks like it's going to come out on the new Apple streaming service. Uh, you know, it's getting developed by anonymous content paramount television and media rights capital uh and they say you know supposedly it's probably just gonna the, the series will be the film so it will follow the whole the whole film uh, which was the story of um an 11 year old film buff who stumbles upon six dwarfs who um, have stolen a map that charts all the holes in the space-time fabric. So yeah, uh, be yeah. I don't know. No, no word of when this comes out. But you know, the Apple service is gonna get announced at the end of the month. That's the word. So I imagine come before the end of the year we would probably see this uh next up like uh, amc are developing um a uh a, a tv series set in the orphan black universe like no name or anything like that has been announced but yeah, they're they're saying that they've you know they've got plans to um, create this new series. Um, the original production company that made Orphan Black is going to be involved as well. So um, yeah, I mean, all, I I haven't seen Orphan Black, but all I heard was. That it's a great show. So it's definitely something I'm going to check out. But uh, this could be interesting. No word that BBC is involved. But, um, you know, who knows what will happen. It's only early days. But, um, yeah, could be something to look forward to. Okay, so we all know that um, next month brings the final season of... Game of Thrones and um, HBO have just released the um, the um, the, ti- the, the the running time for the episodes, which has been interesting because, like, b- before um, everything got you know said and done, like, because it's been two years, right, and. The word was that every episode of this season was going to be feature length. Well, that just 
isn't true. Because, okay, so we've got six episodes. The first episode, which comes out on the 14th of April, is going to be 54 minutes. The second episode, 58 minutes. The third episode, 60 minutes. The fourth episode will be 78 minutes. And then the fifth and sixth is going to be 80 minutes. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. It is the longest episode. So, you know what I mean? From something that was meant to be feature length. Feature length these days is like two hours. Or at least an hour and 40 minutes. So, it's a bit like, ugh. What, you know what I mean? I think they probably just said it, so everyone would be like, oh, okay, okay, fine, we don't mind waiting two years until the season, you know what I mean, for it all to be tied up, but yeah, like, because, like, all the episodes coming up to this point were, I don't know, between 45 and 50 minutes anyway. So, the first three episodes aren't that much longer than, you know, what we've already had. So, it's a bit... Hey, all I can say is this all better be good and all better be worthwhile. But, you know, I'll definitely be watching. Definitely be watching come the 14th of April. Well, I won't. I ain't gonna lie. I'm just gonna wait until the 19th. And then watch all of the episodes, like, back-to-back over a weekend or something like that. But, yeah, fuck watching them each week. Can't be done with that bullshit. But, yeah. The final bit of news, and kind of interesting. So, a a tradition in the Marvel comics has been their What If series. Which kind of features... Like, big events in, um, you know, the Marvel Universe. So, um, you know, stuff like, what if Steve Rogers picked up the hammer? Or, um, what if, um, Aunt May got bitten by the spider? And it's just kind of different things like that. So, but. There's going to be potentially a new spin on that. So for um, the Disney Plus streaming service, Marvel Studios is um, reportedly making a um, an anthology animated series on with a, a twist on the what if kind of thing, and it's going to be like. Events from the Marvel Cinematic Universe rather than the comic universe. So they'll be looking at different things to be like, oh, what if that happened? So maybe, like, what if Hulk didn't escape in um, For Ragnarok? What if he stayed on, uh, you know, that battle world? And. I get, you know what I mean? I guess it's going to be kind of things like that. So they're saying, like, what if Loki found Thor's hammer? 
So I, I think the interesting thing is that there'd be, it's a more of a tie-in to the, the film universe. So there's the potential for, you know, people voicing their characters from the from the films. And, like, you know, most people will have seen the films. So, you know, I think more people will be like, oh, right, I get that, and blah, blah, blah. You know, rather than if they do these obscure comic ones that a lot of people will just be like, I don't know what that is, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that could very well be um, an interesting thing. And the other interesting thing is it's like, that Marvel Studios again is making it because you know like so far they're making all the um TV stuff for uh, the streaming service it's not Marvel television so i think it it, all, it always bodes well for more kind of just tie-ins with the films but yeah that is it for um the TV news um for this episode but you know what people i will say listen um you know the the echo chamber is out tomorrow and um as well as the captain marvel review i've i've had a great chat with um director supreme tupac faber um you know director of tides that we've spoken about on the podcast and we um we broke down the oscars it was so much fun it, you know i i feel it's gonna be an a, another great episode um yo we just talked for ages so it's gonna be a longer episode than normal because the normal echo chambers are about i don't know half an hour um but yeah this is definitely gonna be a longer episode because we talked for nearly two hours on oscars and stuff and we didn't even do every damn award you know what i mean but um (laughs) it was a lot of fun people it was a lot of fun so remember tomorrow to um check out echo chamber because I think you all enjoy that. But um, this has been another Echoes from the Void episode. Um, and we will see you again next week. Alright. So um, thanks for tuning in. Share it with all your peoples. And um, yeah. Peace. <laughs>